Buongiorno. Grazie mille, Chris Black. What is up? Hey, man. How are you? Uh, I didn't ask how are you. I asked what is up. I already know how you are. Pissed as hell. I'm not pissed, bro. I'm just in a little bit of pain. What's going on over there, Chief? You pull something? Is it one of your patented black cramps? No, no. Luckily, no. I mean, Hunter is back from uh, Belfast, and we hit the rings yesterday, and it feels like a warm hug. Mm-hmm. But I'm, exper- I'm experiencing some... Um, unfortunate uh i don't don't like talking about this but i'm experiencing some unfortunate swelling in my uh nether region oh no okay so like are you talking about like your thighs are on swole is it like that kind of thing or is that the quads are obviously on swole but no i'm experiencing some some discomfort in my uh testicle region like the groin oh no yeah, oh no yeah, well yeah. okay so swelling testicles i got some of that you know that'll happen to me when i'm like on on the on like a longer flight and mm. i'm not wearing my compression my compression ethicas and i will get a little <laughs> i will get a little swelling there the ne- but you you, you your, your flight was only what four hours so it can't be that what do you what do you think it could be from I mean, I checked with my doctor on Twitter, and it seems like mm-hmm. it seems like it could be from the COVID nineteen vaccine. You went and got the booster, like you said you were going to get. I did get the booster, and and then you know I saw I was like, wow, this is so weird. I can't find anyone else is suffering from this problem. And then mm-hmm. I looked, I looked on Twitter dot com, and I saw that rapper and singer Nicki Minaj said that her. Mm-hmm cousin or maybe her uncle i think it was somebody that her cousin knows oh, i'm sorry so somebody that her cousin knows was suffering from the same affliction that i have so i i of course i texted fauci and he's like nah fam that's bullshit but like i don't know right. i don't know Debunked. what to believe there's just so much information i i can't i don't know where to find the r- real info jason i mean swollen nuts of all the things that could go wrong for you mm-hmm. it, it could be worse you know oh, yeah. i don't think I can it's still, that big of a deal no, they, i can still I can still stuff these puppies in the Nike dry fit and get my lift on. It's not, it could be, it could be worse, but I just hope it goes away because I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to have to tell people that not to get the vaccine. I, I wouldn't want to get, can, <laughs> I wouldn't want to get canceled on Twitter like one of our, fa- our favorite rappers, YMCMB forever. <laughs> YMCMB. I forgot about YMCMB. Yeah. When I was listening to the new Drake album and he was talking about how he's, how he's like going to sign with Rockefeller, but now, but he's like, he's excited that, He's been why young money, cash money, billionaires this entire time instead of going don't say to rock. It. Don't say the whole the thing. Rock. Don't say the whole thing. It's not cool. And I was like, that's you guys are still doing young money, cash money, billionaires. <laughs> like you, this is still happening, bro. When you say it all out loud in a row like that, it really hammers home how stupid it is. I know. I mean, it, it makes Truck Fit look like Hermes. <laughs> I mean, Truck Fit is Hermes for for the Zoomie set. Don't 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 shit on Truck Fit like that. <laughs> all, all joking aside, <laughs> luckily I'm healthy. But Nicki Minaj is. It's not looking good for for her and the optics. First, she marries a pedophile. Then she, you know. <laughs> then she. Then she. Um. What else did she do? She didn't go to the Met Gala. You know what I mean. Which she probably needed the op- for optics. Social suicide. Social suicide. I mean, everybody. Literally everybody was there. She's going through a lot right now. She's going through a lot. You know why, Jason? Because she ain't got no slaps, bro. If she would concentrate on slaps instead of all this other shit, maybe YMCMB wouldn't be the laughing stock of how long gone. <laughs> I feel like Nicki Minaj is sort of like like hip-hop's lana del rey in a lot of ways that's interesting actually that that's very interesting 
And, and you mean because she? Um, this is still this is still developing. So I don't know. She didn't move to Indiana and put on fifty. So I don't know what you mean. She didn't do that. I mean, I guess in terms of like sort of like moving to the beat of their own drum in a weird way. The the they could sell a lot of things based without being like on radio or yeah, being on yeah. MTV kind of thing. Like they have like this rabid fan base. And they like to be, you know, provocateurs in their own certain way a little bit. No, that's true. That's and true. And I want to have sex with both of them despite my not being attracted to them physically. You know what I mean? And there's Bro, there. Nicki Minaj would turn. They both, they both be practicing, pussy be practicing witchcraft. <laughs> Nicki Minaj would turn you Because you got an Azalea Banks and that's too far. I thought you liked Azalea in that way. I do like Azalea, but I, would, I wouldn't I would want to have intercourse with her because I think it would be too, I, like my my physical form wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> I understand. You would You would turn into something that you don't want to be. Uh, and you don't even know what that is. You, yeah, you would yeah, turn yeah. into something YMCMB. You wouldn't even know. Yeah, I would. I would grow some type of claw, claws or something like that. Like, like that's pretty cool. You know, bat wings would come out of my shoulder blades as I am yeah, climaxing. Yeah. It's not. You know, I like that all of the people who are listening to our podcast right now for the very first time because of our <laughs> guest today is like the fuck kind of show is this bro <laughs> oh fuck why are you doing this dumb show bro um but no man i'm still like i'm still getting back into the groove of la lifestyle it's the sun is out it's beautiful i mean i i just how can we leave jason this tour is looming and i'm you know i we're, i'm buying us flights to atlanta and it's just like do we have to do this you know what <laughs> i mean do we have to get do we have to give the people what they want or could we continue to edge them forever you want to cancel the tour baby let's cancel the tour fuck it no i would never cancel the tour i would never cancel the tour no we're, we're really gearing up though it's crunch time baby we're doing merch approvals mm-hmm. jason's you know working out and hopefully eating less yeah i'm work. i'm eating less i'm eating less and i've, I've every since every single day i've been back in la i've been at the gym let's go baby most of it is just personal grooming stuff using the all the soaps and deodorants but <laughs> I'm gonna start working out soon. A lot of it, a lot of it is me using as much keels as I can because I have long legs. Yeah. Um, but they got the mouthwash there. They got the good Q-tips. Oh, that's nice. You know, that's nice. How am I supposed to leave? That's nice. I, I was, um, I was actually so yeah. Hunter is back, and we linked, mm-hmm. and he gave me, he gave me a very thoughtful birthday present. Go on, go on. It's the classic like bodybuilder, uh, grip strength training oh like like you squeeze when you're practicing your guitar solos type of thing exactly exa- exactly yeah so oh, cause, nice because nice. he you know he's been teaching me a lot about grip strength over the years mm-hmm. and and the importance of it and he thought this was he thought i was ready to take it to a, n- a new level which is very nice so a new level is once you graduate from you know olympic rings and bench presses and all that stuff then you can work your way up to the the plastic springy thing that you use as a child it's actually made of metal it's actually made of metal mm-hmm. don't get it oh no i'm not hating I'm, I'm i used to use those things all the time from, from guitar center when you were a bouncer oh okay okay when you when you were a bass <laughs> when player. i was practicing my kirk hammett like metallica guitar solo scale work <laughs> when, when, you were, when you were tapping the when you were tapping the neck doing runs but the thing is hunter so hunter comes back to town He's looking great, of course. The motherfucker shows up dripping in this like Ann Wander jacket he copped at this great store in Belfast called the Bureau. Mm. And I said, King, this this Euro Euro lifestyle really worked for you. I was really impressed with his choice. Ann Wander. Ann Wander. Do you like my new overcoat for overcast days in Los Angeles? <laughs> but that's it. That's all I got to report on. Mm. Everything else is boring just the way I like it. My brain is smoothing out again. I've already lost some brain cells. Smoothing out is getting wet. 
I'm I actually caught a little sickness, unfortunately. You caught you caught testicular COVID. I have a bit of a an allergy related kind of sinus infection going on right now. Sounds like COVID to me. I don't know why you use this this other those other words. You know, oh, I have a cold. Look, I yeah, went. I we went, don't say cold. I don't. I did not say cold. I said sinus infection. Just like some mucus building up. On the plus side, it will make my voice a little bit more. You know, gravelly. Oh, okay, well, that's sexy. The ladies, our, our female listeners of the podcast, you seem to like that. Shouts goes out to all you ladies. The only people that like us in this podcast are gay men. So let's not. No way. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, I got a little news here. Um, hmm. It looks like Jimmy Kimmel called Logan Paul and Donald Trump the two worst people on earth. Jason, would you? who are, you, who are your two favorite worst people on earth? Logan Paul's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's definitely a bad person, but uh, he's not one of the worst people. No, I mean, he's not. Who would you put in that category? Because I would say Nas. Kim Jong-un, Chance the Rapper. Those are my two. Oh, actually. Those are my two. No, never mind. I, I stand with you. Even though he lost weight, even though he <laughs> lost weight, you're still going to come down on him that hard? He has a little bit of a snapback body, and he... <laughs> He's able to, because like when, when you're, when you're, when you got the like genocide will, will take its toll on, on the midsection. No, unfortunately when you're, when you're genociding, when you're genociding, the cows are going in. I mean, it's just, you're stressed out. I mean, and I'll, and I'm not even killing people. For me, it's just RIP just killed the club. But imagine if I wiped out an entire nation of non-believers Dude, you would be huge the no, stress eating i mean i mean kimchi they say it's good for you but you eat enough of it <laughs> do you think do you think kim all the probiotics in the world won't save you now <laughs> it surprises me that he doesn't have some sort of kind of postmates deal like some of these other influencers <laughs> so I'm, I'm surprised because he was spending i mean the money he was spending on delivery i mean it's not cheap that dentai fung delivery is i mean bro you can wrong sp- asian you can spend, wrong asian you can you can spend. Now I'm not. That's nothing to do with Asian. This has to do with great delivery food. Got it. Got but it. Don't do that. No, DTF is great delivery food. Uh, it's the best delivery food. It holds better than any other delivery food. Mm. It's incredible. It must be the packaging. Take everything you know about food delivery and <clears throat> go ahead and you know what? Turn it on its fucking, fucking throw head. it out the window. Throw it out the fucking window, brother. Do you want to fucking disrupt today, Jason? Wake up, bitches! It's time to disrupt. <laughs> Get in, loser. We're going to disrupt. Um. <laughs> All right, well, we do have a guest today. Uh, you may know him, Triple OG, the legend Torre. Uh, he is a journalist. Um, you've probably seen him on uh, television. Uh, you may have read his writing. Uh, he has a he had a book about Prince. Mm. Uh, he also has a very popular podcast, um, The Torre Show, and he has wild-ass guests, like, like real famous people. Like who, Chris? Like fucking uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. You think he, we can get him on? I think he also had like... Young Jeezy, Jim Jones. Yeah, he does. You know, all yeah, kinds does, of cool yeah. rappers, not not the dumb rappers. The other thing about Wordsmith Torre is he's sick with the stick, and I'm talking about the tennis racket. Yes, he is. is what, yes, he is. He's a big he's a big tennis player. Uh, he also went to Emory University for a little while, so he's got an ATL connect. Oh, okay. Um, which I obviously w- will bring up every chance I get. All of our international fans love that. So, love that. Just in case Tori has any relatives or, or loved ones that need to buy a ticket to our show uh, October first at the Earl, you know, those are the, there's a few left. So if you know if if you want to you know pass that along to your you know your grandma, your cousin, uh, your aunt, uncle friend acquaintance former roommate you know we can make that happen. kinfolk in general can just any kinfolk but uh excited to chop it up with a a seasoned media legend and other uh elite podcaster you know we, we haven't had an elite podcaster on a while jason it's been a while i'll <clears throat> i'm on the i'm on the balls of my feet 
I'm caffeinated. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to go all twelve rounds. You know, I'm not trying to win this thing. I'm just trying to stay in the ring. I hope he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his serve is looking like, but it might be out into the left, and you might be fucked up, bro. You might have me fucked up. All right, let's give him a buzz. You were just saying that you, people don't need to hear you talk for that long. Why do you say that, my friend? You know, I I mean, you know, I have some some general thoughts, but I mean, you know, <laughs> the power of me is a lot. When you're doing your own podcast, I guess it's more of an interview type of thing. But do you ha- do you have an aversion to be interviewed well, yourself? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's already failing, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> already proving me right. I, I ask questions. And when people try to put me on panels, I'm like, yo, look, I'm, I'm a great moderator. Like I am one, I can truly say I am one of the great Mm -hmm. moderators in like modern media. You want me as a moderator asking questions, making sure everybody gets their time, you know, like all that sort of stuff. Like as a guest, I mean, like, I have some subjects that I can go deep on that I'm good on, but like, you know, there's a, you know, like when I was at MSNBC, there was, we talked a lot about being a host and being guests are different, you know, and you come mm-hmm. into MSNBC, like the family, as a guest that is generally like where you first start to get your feet wet and people, producers and audience see you as a guest. And then if you succeed as a guest, you, you would, they would kind of look at it as like elevated to host. But it really shouldn't be like elevated. It, it's like some people are great hosts and they're not great guests. And some people are great guests and they're not great hosts. Joy Reid is one of the rare people who is great at both things. She's great at asking and answering the questions. I, I think Melissa Harris Perry was great at asking the questions and answering the questions. You know, a lot of people, you really want to hear them asking the questions. There's definitely people. You want to hear them answering the questions and they are wasted asking the question. You know, I, you know, like I said, I have a couple of subjects that I've read a lot on. I can go pretty deep on, but like for the most part, you want me asking the questions, but you guys have already screwed up by deciding to have me answer the questions. That was so now you've, you've, you've made your bed and now you have to lie, which is a weird, it's kind of a weird phrase because like, after you've made your bed, it's like cozy and nice. And like, wouldn't you want to lie in it after you've made it? Like, I've thought it this like, before. You, I've thought this before. You have made your bed and now you have to lie in it. Like that would be like, oh man, the bed's a mess. But like after you've made it, it's like, actually a That's nap nice. sounds nice right yeah, now. Yeah, it sounds very good. What, who, who are, who are some of your favorite hosts of all time? Yeah, no. Question askers of all time, actually. Maybe let's let's phrase it that way. No, I was just binging uh, Rick Rubin's podcast, and he is a great question asker. He is, you he know, is. he's and 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 he's like really using his knowledge as you know a veteran producer to ask really smart questions. And he asks really short questions, and they'll be philosophical. But they'll be short. I think a lot of times interviewers want to hear themselves talk and they like ask a question and then define it. And then they might ask a second question. And as the as the audience and as the answerer, I'm like, well, which question do you want me to ask? You just changed your question with your tag. Yeah. You know, um, who else is a great question asker? Um, Bryant Gumbel is very strong. 
Um, Oprah, Oprah is the queen of interviewing in America. I agree. In this era. I agree. She is the Michael Jordan, the Tiger Woods of interviewing short questions, focused, like focused on the interview. Some people like, like ask a question and then they move on to the next question. And a real interviewer understands that the real answer is going to come in the follow up. So like Oprah, like, uh, and I try to do this too ask a question and then you're prepared for like, where is the person gone? What can you know, like what memory banks have they opened up? Where do we want to go next? And I look at it like, here's a question cluster. Let's talk about your mom. And then once you give me the first answer and get past the first mask and start to ask you like, so, you know, like what, then what, and then what, and it's really in the follow-ups that you're going to get the real answers and you may not even know what the follow-ups should be until you've asked the first question. And, you know, Oprah can be mm. emotional. She's direct. She's real. She doesn't let people off the hook. You know, there was a great moment in the Meghan Markle interview where she asked Harry a question. I believe it was about his brother. And he kind of deflected. And she, like, waited, like, 20 minutes or something, at least in what they showed us. And came back to us and I came back to it. And I was like, <laughs> yes, like she is not letting anything go. I love her. I love when big, big O gets in savage mode like that. She ain't letting, she ain't letting Harry off like that. That interview, that interview was pretty painful to me, but not as painful as their time magazine cover where it looks like they were painted. It looks like an oil painting. They're airbrushed so much. It's insane what they look like. Stern is a great question asker when he's doing like real people like 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 seriously like when he does like a hillary clinton or like a mm. I mean, is he'll he's another one he'll ask real shit he'll ask short probing questions you know like the interviewer should really be listening to the interviewee and like like let you let the interviewee help shape the direction of the interview. I don't, I can't tell you what order I'm going to ask these questions in because partly that's going to redound to this other person telling me, you know, like, I kind of want to talk about this. I kind of want to talk about that. You got to be listening to what are they signaling that they want to talk about. So you were mentioning earlier about the fact that you can go deep on a few topics. You mentioned that a couple times already. Why do we always have to go deep? Shallow is boring. <laughs> there are a few subjects and we don't have to go into these today, but like there are a few subjects that I've done a lot of study on and thus another person might learn something listening to me discourse on that. But like, mm. you know, like most subjects, why would you listen to me? Well, what about pure entertain? What about pure entertainment value? I think you're forgetting that the main element of what, at least podcasting, that's a big part of it. Uh, absolutely, entertainment value from the conversation is absolutely valuable and important. And yes, I I completely. When I first started listening to podcasts, I generally thought they were shit. <laughs> because it would generally be like when I was first tiptoeing in as an audience member, bro. Don't don't talk about Mark Marin like that. We don't even know him, bro. That's crazy uh, you say that. No respect <laughs> to Marin. He he does he he puts out a very good product. I I then found Marin. He was I can't even remember the first ones that I found, but it would be like 
comedians turn on the mic with no preparation and just try to be funny and try to talk shit. And I'm like, oh, this is so boring. It's going nowhere. I could have like jumped in at minute 26 or minute 36 or 46 and it wouldn't have made any difference. And fucking when I discovered like Radio Lab and This American Life and stuff like that, like, like now there's a narrative, there's a flow, there was clearly sure. work and thought put into it. And I'm learning something. I walk away feeling a little bit smarter or at least if I'm entertained, it's at an intellectual level. So I was like, okay, this is a valuable use of my time. Like this way of doing things, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm stuck with that, like American sense of like, I should be using my time wisely. It should not just be entertainment. It should be like, I got something. I did something productive for that hour. Well, there's a lot of things that you can learn from listening to a conversation that aren't necessarily, you know, intellectual or anything like that, but still don't know what you're going to learn in a conversation from me like i still think you guys have like wasted your time in setting out to do an hour with me and i don't i think the audience should consider jumping to another episode that might be a better usage of their time i I, i'm just throwing that out there to anyone listening we can't be the first people who have asked you to be a guest on a podcast I, I would agree with you that other people have made the same mistake that you have made ah, yes. in thinking that I would be a good uh, use of their podcasting time. Well, look, to be fair, I, look, don't flatter yourself. We put out three episodes a week, bro. You're just numbers on the boards, okay? Like, this ain't really it ain't really, it ain't really that fair. If you're putting out three a week, then your level of quality is fairly low. So I understand the bar <laughs> is moving back down towards me. I do two a week, try to keep it fairly high. Like, you know, I, I want there to be some level of expertise in the people I'm speaking to. I want them to be accomplished singers, actors, rappers, writers, you know, politicians, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have aligned yourself today with, uh, you know, a person who's been kind of winging it for 25 years and like made it by the skin of my teeth. And I'm close to retirement and I'm like, if I just phone it in for another 10 years, I can go sit on the beach and shit and be like, I fooled them for 35 years. I can't believe this. So you, you so in 10 years, your Patreon uh, <laughs> pension plan is going to kick in and then you'll be able to just kick People it. People like you are not supposed to know about the Patreon pension plan. So I don't know where you, I can neither confirm nor deny that that exists. You weren't flattered when people ask you to be on the show. I mean, you obviously agreed to do this. So there was some point of interest or something like that, or maybe this is just a character that you're, you're portraying. A character? You're now you're calling me a liar? The we are way off on the wrong foot here. I don't, I, you know, a, a character? <laughs> now you're calling wow. me a liar? Basically, I don't, I don't like hearing you beating yourself up over and over again. No, I'm not, this is level setting. I'm not beating myself up. Okay. He clearly is feeling himself, but he's, he's also beating himself up for us to make us feel better, which I do appreciate. He's playing hard to get. He's trying to, yeah. it's, it's two, two snakes in a battle and our tails You guys are can't see this, obviously, because you're listening, but he is batting his eyelashes at us a lot, which is... It you is, stop, sir. <laughs> You stop, sir, because that is not true at all. I can see those glasses are clear for a reason. You know what I mean? We want to we want to see it all. Well, let's take a step back because I've already established that the audience probably shouldn't be listening to me, and their time would be probably better spent with your other episodes. But let's take a step back and explain why it is the audience should be listening to you. Who are you, and why does the audience? Why does the audience care? Because I I have not yet discerned any 
any specific talent. You guys are not comedians. You guys don't seem to be good interviewers. You're not good writers. Like, what? what is your qualification to even have podcasts? I'm a DJ. And you fooled me, sir. Because Chris Black, I was like, oh, it's a brother. And then you click on and you're super white. And I'm like, I, you know, I thought Chris Black was black. Like, I don't know why I assumed that Chris Black, you know, it was all email up to this point. And now I get it here. He's like, Super white, like you got catfish into doing a white people podcast, and I apologize. Let's not for that. go super white. I mean, super white. Like, what is what is your basis for super? Just skin color alone? I first of all, as, as evidence, the way the tone of that sentence. Number one. Uh, number one. Um, I'm gonna guess, uh, and I want you to tell me, but I'm gonna guess middle to eastern Europe. Right, both parents from Europe in like the last three, four generations, like grandparents, great grandparents came. First over of all, from, bro, I don't even know. You think Germany, you think, France, oh, damn. England, you think maybe we don't have a we don't have a Patreon. I can't afford twenty three and me, so I don't know how you would think I would know that kind of shit. But no, I know you would know that because white people tend to know that like grandpa came over from Germany or Italy or wherever it was or great grandpa. No, that's true. true. I think that the black family, I think that the black family is, I think it's English maybe is what we trace back to, but, um, it, then it goes to South Georgia and then to Atlanta. So it's not really, it's not looking good for me. Both sides from England. I think so. Yeah, actually. Yeah. All right. See, I've, I've succeeded in making this super boring. Let's talk about, where like your qualifications as human beings okay why you deserve to have a podcast that pumps out three hours of content a week my god Tor, look to, we don't have to we don't have to the the beauty <laughs> of our podcast that may differ from yours is that people are coming back for us not the guests i mean we you know the numbers the numbers don't lie that's, that's the question that's the question why why would they come back for you guys but why you because b- because of our because of our our i mean there's a lot of theories on this. I think it's uh, part guess, of course, because that's the podcast medium and how it kind of works to an extent. And then partly our friendship, I think, is appealing to people like because we're actually friends. And uh, that seems to shine through in what I've been told from people that listen all the time. This podcast worked because you guys are friends. Exactly. Are you fucking kidding me? That's your secret sauce? Bro, look, <laughs> Tori, you should try getting some friends. It might do you some good, man. You never know. <laughs> I have some friends. You sound like my daughter. You need some friends. You have no friends. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm so our podcast, it's sort of just like when when we're not interviewing somebody or having a conversation with somebody, I should say, it's just the two of us kind of bullshitting, complaining about things in the world, pop culture, talking shit, whatever. And and that's about it. And a lot of people want to just hear yeah. that kind of banal conversation in the back of their head while they're going throughout mm-hmm. their existence. Definitely whatever, the you know? vibe I'm getting. Because normally the podcast would be either like we're like experienced intellectuals or like we're, we know a subject really, really well, well or we're comedians. And I'm getting neither vibe from the two of you. I- well, you're you're listening to all these Radiohead, <laughs> Radio Lab ass podcast, NPR. You're a little boring podcast. Like, yeah, you're a little. Come on, bro. Bro, those things put me to sleep, fam. They spend 100 hours editing that shit so I can take a nap. That's a waste of time. That's a waste <laughs> of time. Bro, I'll read a book. Okay, I got four eyes. I can read. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
co- I try to listen. I try to listen to dumb shit like Joe Rogan. That shit puts me to sleep. Oh Don't my talk. God. Look, he, that's not my favorite so Joe. Dumb. My favorite Joe and a Joe you might like better is Joe Budden. I don't know if you've checked out his podcast, but that's my number one podcast in the game. <laughs> not a slight, but I haven't listened to his podcast very much. But he was on my show, and it wasn't one of the most interesting and intense conversations that i had had hell yeah and he's like he's an excellent conversationalist and like kind of like takes over the moment and it's not just like letting you just ask him questions but it was like i mean a real he's a pro tennis match and like He's not. All, I'm not just giving you control of the wheel here. He was. Great. I love making fun. I, I love making fun of him, but it's no joke. I think that it's it's also interesting to me because he's. I mean, he's only in his early 40s, but he basically like has had two full lives, and I think this is more of his calling than music. I mean, the music sucks. So this is and the the the, the <laughs> well, podcast. Let's is slow down. Good. I'm not going to co-sign that. He did have one genuine hit, which That's is hit. more Agreed. than. 90% of artists true, true. to ever even have a hit. I think he was a good rapper, not necessarily a great rapper, had a fine career to what you're saying, but like his, his, yes, his broadcasting career has been much more, much more impactful to the yeah. culture than his music. What I think, what I think is interesting about his music career is that it validates him in a way to talk about the music business. Yeah. In a way that a lot of a lot of people with that platform, in a media sense, don't have. So I think he gets this like respect for that in some ways. A lot of practitioner broadcasters now, be it you know him or Nori and hip hop, all the freaking hip uh, rapper uh, basketball guys from the Knuckleheads to All the Smoke to Rasheed Wallace, even Durant is doing a podcast. Um, you know, to like the, the Shaq Barkley deep, like, like it's an interesting group. Most of them, many of them aren't that good, but the ones who are good, it's very exciting. And Budden is definitely very good. This is something that Jason and I deal with all the time because the, all these celebrities are coming for our jobs. You know, podcasting is for normally, you know, late thirties to early forties loser white guys. And that's what we are. And I'm sick of these celebrities. <laughs> coming for our fucking jobs and i i know i you know hey, were you popular and were you popular in high school or were you like not so popular i've been popular my whole life baby it's not a problem for me yeah it ain't a wow, problem for me chief wow, yeah it ain't a wow. problem for me would your classmates agree with that <laughs> look some of us didn't go to emory i i dropped out of high school Co- school wasn't my thing i was busy i was busy you dropped out of high school yeah bro yeah i'm i got no papers dog <laughs> you have no degrees whatsoever <laughs> No, I have no degrees. Is that hard for you to believe? It is. I have I have only a high school degree. I didn't finish college, didn't finish graduate school. And um, it doesn't, I, I, I'm not saying that like, oh, that proves you're dumb. I'm saying that like, <laughs> like most people get at least a college degree and that's like, you know, the bare minimum to be able to like, you know, get a foothold in this world. I, I honestly, I know a lot of people that don't have college degrees. Like I know, a, I, I would say Jason, and I probably know a not substantial your homeless friends. Not, no, 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 not my, first of all, that's offensive. It's unhoused. Come on, grow up. Right. That is the woke <laughs> way of saying it. I, I yeah. heard that in the last couple of months, unhoused, uh, which, you know, which I, I mean, shit, man, we could <laughs> provide housing for, all these sort of people. It's just capitalism. That's like, we have to provide housing at the most expensive prop proposition 
possible, which exercise. So do you, Jason, are you undegreed? Should we call it undegreed? Are you like. Undegreed? Are you undegreed? <laughs> are you uneducated also? I too lack the the education and the certificates that you speak of. Yeah. I, I graduated high school. I didn't wow, drop out of high school. Wow, that sentence really underlined. You really did not pay attention to English class. So did you not finish high school as well? I did finish high school, sir, but not college. It was in Orange County. So does it, I mean, does it even count? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's unclear what the certification level of the educator themselves, <laughs> you know, you know, you never know with that. You played sports, Chris, in high school? I do look like an athlete, but no, I was into um I Jason and I both were into the punk and hardcore scene with a sprinkling of skateboarding and graffiti um which kind of is at odds with athletics in a in a setting like that. Well wait, yes, it shouldn't be, right? Like we should like athletes should love punk because the athletic energy like the, like the yes. like the energized nature like we should be like yes, that's our people. We want to get psyched up before a game or something like punk is great for that. So wait, so so when you're 17, 18, 19, mm-hmm. right? Like what is the ultimate band for you? Oh, probably like the Smiths, the cure. Like at that point I wasn't quite as angry because I discovered cocaine and that, and like women, you know? So I, I was able to focus on cocaine and pussy cocaine off of women. Well, I'm not going to, I would never incriminate myself in that way. Um, that's but good. That's a good way to waste cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah, we, we don't waste where the cocaine is when you put it in your if it's on her breast it's on a table who cares i don't want anybody to think i would ever waste cocaine <laughs> first of all i'm never the kind of guy if i drop the coke if i drop the coke in the carpet i'm getting down on all fours and i'm snorting up some fibers of course when it's on the glass table there's no absorption coke on the titty it'll the, the pores begin to soak in some of that and cocaine's very expensive you understand? I, I can neither confirm nor deny that i know that that's untrue but i know that that's untrue but I, I, I think that the, the music at, well, there's a very strange, not strange, but, and you probably know this, but the way that uh, aggressive hardcore and punk, there's also this, the same guy really appreciates, you know, very sad music as well, which is what I have gravitated towards, you know, in my, so at that age, it was like the Smith, the Cure, Elliot Smith, you know, and then of course, Britpop and all the important stuff that really formed me. Smiths and the Cure, of course, legendary legendary amazing mm-hmm. amazing music i actually was i was blown away a little bit i just went to vegas for the first time in a long time and just driving down the highway i just looking at billboards i realized every single artist who you may have said oh whatever happened to so-and-so they fell off the music comedy whatever mm-hmm. no they have a residency in vegas and not just like cheesy pop stars like britney but like Fucking Morrissey. Morrissey did it. Yeah, Morrissey just did it. Residency in Vegas. He did. He did. Right he now. only did like a right week. Now. He only did like a week. He's he's soft canceled. So you got to go to Vegas where no one cares. You know, Tori, why'd you go to Vegas for hosting the African American Comedy Awards? Did Cat Williams win? It was not that sort of thing. So they didn't give <laughs> they didn't give awards to like name brand people who you would. No. Okay. Try me. Earthquake. The whole thing is the vibe of the thing is to uplift uh, the the comedy scene and give attention and light to people who uh, you know who folks may not have heard of. Okay. Okay. I mean, like Rain Pryor was there. 
who, you know, I've, I've known a little bit for a long time. Richard, you're shaking your head. Richard Pryor's daughter. I hope you I, I knew that. Pryor, I had a feeling. Stand up of all time. Okay, Richard Pryor, he's a, he's a legendary comic. Fucking Tiger Woods of fucking comedy. That Tiger Woods is the fucking Richard Pryor of golf. I don't. I actually hate stand up, and we talk about that a lot on this podcast. I don't think it's very funny, but I would say it probably peaked. I probably, probably peaked. It probably peaked with your boy Pryor. R.I.P. Rest in peace to the god. First of, first of all, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Not at all. I'm not going to let you defend Dane Cook on this podcast. We've already gone over this a few times. Like we're not going to let you stand. Dane Cook is horrific. The general form of stand-up is one of the most fascinating when done well one of the most fascinating uh art forms i am i am always blown away that somebody can get on a stage with really no lighting no dancers no second person to bat to 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 blather off of and crush us for 60 to 90 minutes to where we cannot breathe and the audience is just dying and i experienced that all the time all the time all the time oh absolutely 100 100 and we can go through a bro you ever of, seen like, memes extraordinarily high level people right now first of all <laughs> one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time is working right now and his name is dave chappelle and he oh, here we go here we go i knew this was coming i knew this form. was coming and there, well, there, I mean, like the argument of is it Pryor or Chappelle is the greatest of all time, not the greatest black, the greatest stand up comedian, period, of them all for Pryor versus Chappelle. We can have that argument. Nobody else belongs in the conversation. Maybe Carlin, maybe, but nobody else really even comes close. If you mention Seinfeld, you are canceled from the conversation. Damn, uh, I didn't know. Damn, you're really a you're really a chuckle fucker. I had no idea you like comedy this much. Just went to see Louis C.K. I just went to see Michael Che at Caroline's. I just bought tickets. Bro, for you got ki- you got kids. You can't be going to see Michael Che if you got kids. That's like you got you got to have something better to do. You got to have something better to do. You got to take somebody to a game. She watches them. She watches. She was watching the kids that night. I just bought tickets to see Michelle Wolf. She's incredibly intelligent, smart, awesome comedian. I considered buying tickets for Ronnie Chang. No, his, his last bit, his last stand-up, uh, Asian American destroy Asian dis- comic destroys America. Incredible. Glad to see some AAPI bit. AAPI representation in your comedy. That's nice yeah, to see. Fuck yeah! Um, I just I, I've listened to Bo Burnham's last one. Oh come on, bro! Come on, not this nerd times. shit. Not this nerd shit. That come guy's on, bro. awesome. That guy bro, rushes the building. I love you, that guy. Yo, you've lost the plot. I'm worried about you, man. Not Burnham. It's an incredibly interesting and important field of American art that Americans are crushing. A lot of people are fucking killing it out there. I I fucking love Bo. All right, Stan. I think he's very talented. He's a little dorky, but I think he's very talented. I am t- I'm I'm weighing if I should buy tickets to see Tracy Morgan when he goes up at Caroline's in January. Like like I'm thinking about what the my comedy schedule for January. Let me tell you something. There was a there was a day. When uh, this is about five, six, seven years ago, when Chappelle was like starting to like clip way, clip clop his way back into the limelight. And somebody's like, yo, Chappelle is going up at the cellar, the comedy cellar at 2 a.m. And I told my wife, yo, I'm going to be there. And I fucking sat there from like 11 p.m. at 2 a.m. I'm fucking falling asleep. At 3 a.m., they're like, and here comes Dave Chappelle. I fucking 
woke up. It was an amazing hour. And he's just practicing. Comedy Cellar is one of those things. You're just practicing. You're not. And you can tell, like, he's just running through practice. Like, he'll do a bit. And then there'll be a long part where he's just sort of, like, you know, like, just talking, just figuring out the transition to the next one. And then he goes into another bit. It was amazing. It was amazing. This art form, when it's done well, I saw Eliza Schlesinger destroy at Caroline's. Uh, Eric Andre, his last Netflix, destroyed. Um, There's some amazing fucking people. It's Damn, famous. who do you not like, bro? You're just listing off names at this point. Well, You're I don't fuck off with Dane, names. I don't fuck with Dane Cook. I don't fuck with Dane Cook. Fuck with fuck Dane Cook. Sorry, question. <laughs> you 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 said that you saw you said you saw Louis C.K. recently. What is his new? What is his stand-up looking like nowadays? I haven't. So Louis C.K. Um, comes out and there's a gigantic. 10 foot sign behind him in neon that says sorry <laughs> and he comes out <laughs> and he goes sexual position is <laughs> the audience just starts <laughs> fucking crying, dying laughing just that and his routine has no element of sorry in it he's just going there and crushing and aggressive and like just spitting Louis C.K. game. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Aziz Ansari's last stand-up had this air of sorry, of I'm like yeah, wounded, I'm retreating, I'm like inching my way back to hole, but I still feel like beaten up. Louis was like, roar, like I am all in and like I am here and like he's 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 extraordinary. I mean, like when they're really good. You can't like remember like what they say. Like I try to remember certain jokes, mm-hmm. um, but like it's hard because they're just crushing. They're just like bam, 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 and you're just like I can't even remember. I can't even remember the shit that he said. I can't yeah. tell you like and li- I. I mean, maybe the next day I could have told you one or two, but like I just I heard this thing the other day that fucking killed me. It's actually really a sad story that I saw on tiktok because they were talking about this 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 14 year old boy who was in uh court uh family court on like this custody battle and the judge was like trying to weigh out like should you go with your mom or your dad and the judge is like you know you know which one would be better for you and the kid finally like speaks up and he's like look both of them beat me i don't want to go with either of them and the judge is like, wow, like, you're like, I didn't know that. Like, you hadn't discussed that. Like, Jesus, like, we got to find a better place to place you. And like, okay, well, let's send you with your aunt. And um, he's like, I don't want to go with her. She beats me too. And he's like, all right, we can place you with your grandparents <laughs> and that'll be good. And he goes, I don't want to go with them. They beat me too. It's like everybody in my family is like just like that's how they do like they're from Alabama like that's how they do like I don't want to go with any of them and the judge is like so okay let's figure this out and like the lawyers and the judge and the kid are talking and they finally they're like kid like where do you want to go where you would feel safe and the kid says you know look I think that I would like to be um, the custody of the Dallas Cowboys because they don't beat anybody. <laughs> god damn it that is dumb as hell that is dumb as hell i see how low your bar is and now i know why you like comedy so much (laughs) you are like 
He's doing he's doing some he's doing some Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> street jokes right now. I like it. Oh god damn it. The only other thing we really wanted to talk to you about was tennis. Well, also before we get into tennis, what are your thoughts on uh, on Norm Macdonald passing? We who haven't really I talked mean, about. I mean, you him know, yet. very sad, fantastic comedian, definitely, you know, a modern uh legend. I mean, like the stuff he did on SNL, extraordinary. I mean, like, you know, you know, I mean, it's it's sad, you know, it's sad. God, you know, I mean, reminds me of some other sort of acerbic people who I love, who perhaps maybe they're partly like his children, like 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 Jesselneck and Sarah Silverman yeah. um, and Amy Schumer, who I I, I love all of them. Jessel, Anthony Jesselneck, I love to death. Sarah Silverman is one of my favorite comedians um I, you know i mean i, I love that freaking like biting shit that's even that's like playing with like you know fucked up energy and like love that shit <laughs> i think norm i i think it's really i i like the the not revealing the cancer thing i think it like allowed him to just like do exactly what he wanted to do, you know, until the very end. I thought that, I think that's like an interesting thing that we're going to see more of, right, I, I believe. You guys like jokes. Okay. So this guy, I don't even know where I got this one. So this guy goes to a bar and he says to the, and the bartender fixes him up and he says, so what do you do? And the guy says, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a professional gambler. And the bartender's like, really? Oh, let's make a bet. And the guy's like, Oh, you don't want to make it with me. Like I, I never lose. And the guy, oh, get out of here, man! You can't like never lose. And the guy's like, all right, like fucking told you in the bar. And the guy's like, all right, I'll bet you a uh, hundred dollars that I can uh, touch my tongue to my eye. And the bartender's like, what? That's like physically impossible. He puts a hundred dollars down on the bar, and the guy like takes out his eye and puts it on his tongue. The bartender's like, oh, that is bullshit. And the guy's like, well, I'll bet you $200 that I can touch my tongue to my other eye. And he's like, you can't have two glass eyes. He puts down $200. And the guy, like, takes out, like, his 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 like his, his mouth, like, his tongue is, like, detachable. Puts it on his eye, other eye. Like, that is fucking bullshit. Like, I am going to beat you in a fucking bet tonight. And I'm going to fucking get you. And the guy's like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll come back. Don't you worry. I'm, I'm going to be here for a little while. So the guy like goes around to other tables and he's doing his little thing and people are like roaring, laughing because he's great at party sort of guy. And he goes off in the corner for like an hour with like all the Japanese businessmen and he's like making them laugh and taking their money. And finally he comes back and he, he says to the bartender, I bet you 500 bucks that I could stand on the bar and pee into that bottle of vodka over there and not miss a single drop. And the bartender goes, that's fucking impossible. Like, let's see it. And he puts $500 on the bar. And the guy gets down, up on the bar, and he pulls down his pants, and he pees all over the bartender. Not a single drop goes into the bottle of vodka. And the bartender's like, yay, I beat you, I beat you. And he's like, well, why are you not upset? He's like, oh, man, I bet those guys over there $10,000 that I can stand on your bar and pee on you, and you'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, God. The guy never loses. God damn it! I've, that's the, you're the first person to ever tell a joke on this podcast, and we've had professional comedians before. Two now. Want to keep going? I'm not happy. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. I'm going to cut you at two. Cut me at two. Why I got more? Do you think you have a good memory for 
retention of jokes? I I feel like I can't remember a single joke. I do because um, I love stories, and I think that's part of the core of what I do as a writer and, and like telling stories, funny stories, sad stories, dramatic stories, and like mm-hmm. a good story joke. I love to like like look at it and see like what are the essential parts. What do you need to say? To make the punchline work because you know i'll just write down the punchline and you can think of different ways to get there um but like you know you you must hit this note but then the other notes you can you know like these parts are fungible but this part is critical non-fungible this, you know you gotta say that right you know and like I, you know, I, had to, I had to establish the relationship between the bartender and the guy right like if you just started with standing on the bar it's not as funny like you you got to build up already the bartender's like, ah, I want to beat you. So then he's like happy when he finally beats the guy. Um, you know, I mean, like in a lot of ways, these, if these jokes are, if these story jokes are good, then they will last in the culture for decades and decades and generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I told one, I told this one to my dad and he, cause I thought it was, you know, what 30 years old and he was like oh my god that's so funny i heard that when i was a kid and Shit. um uh th- there's this there's this 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 white kid in the kitchen and he and his mom are making a, a chocolate cake and when she turns her back he uh takes the batter he puts his face in it and he spreads his face around and when she turns around he goes look mommy i'm black and she's like <gasps> horrified and she takes off her belt and she beats the shit out of him and she says, go in the living room and show your father what you've done. And he goes in the living room and he thinks his dad's going to love it. He goes, look, daddy, I'm black. And his dad's like, oh, my God. And he rips off his belt and beats the shit out of the kid. Now go on the porch and show your grandfather what you've done. Now he knows what's going to happen. He's like, look, grandpa, I'm black. And his grandpa rips a switch off the tree and beats the shit out of the kid. Now go back in the kitchen with your mom. And he goes back in the kitchen. He's all cried out. and His ass hurts like hell. And his mom says, I hope you've learned your lesson. And he says, yeah, I've been black five minutes. I'm already getting my ass beat by a bunch of white people. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is not that funny. It's just not. I love that fucking joke. That's just not <laughs> funny. It's fucking awesome. Well, the other punchline has been black five minutes. And I already hate all you white motherfuckers. Which maybe... <laughs> Well, that that feels a little better, but it's still not great. It's still not great. But i i hate to t- I hate to tear you away from your stand up career, uh, which I you're clearly capping. I mean, you're like doing your best to get a tight five somewhere. Uh, but the um the I know I you're a, I got more. Your wife told me you're a big tennis player, and I I just wanted to get I just wanted to know what you thought about the U.S. Open. What what kind of what kind of takeaways did you have with all these new players? Definitely one of the most exciting. It was great. U.S. Open tournaments in a long time. Um, it definitely made up for last year, which was a huge disappointment. Um, the rise of Emma uh, Raducanu, very exciting. The rise of Layla Fernandez, very exciting. Uh, look, I definitely hate Djokovic. Did not want to see him win a Grand Slam. Fuck Joker. We don't fuck, fuck with Djokovic. that loser. So to see to see him get wiped in the final mm-hmm. by Beautiful. Medvedev, who played extraordinary. Bro, can I ask tennis. you a question though? 
How does Mev- Medvedev looks like he's about to die? That motherfucker looks like a gamer. That he looks like what a do you mean? he looks like a Russian. He looks like he's a like a Russian guy that's been in a basement coding, and they let him out to play tennis. Well, he pulls his shirt up. He got the eight pack though. Yeah, that's because he did. That's because he has. He's like a skeleton. Nothing wrong with that. What do you think his training regimen is like? Because that motherfucker doesn't look like he's ever lifted a weight. Lifting weights is not essential or important. Most people, Nadal accepted, do not have muscles to where you know like like the the, the musculature would mm-hmm. look like impressive for any other sport he looks particularly emaciated i don't think he looks emaciated but he's definitely not definitely not big but i think what part of what med is doing is that he has these great long levers and he knows how mm-hmm. to like yeah. get a long swing from those levers which which del potro is also pretty good at Right, so I can get like a, I can get a lot of weight behind it because you know, you know, I'm giving you this long swing. Now I find him incredibly awkward, and I don't like watching him because he's like the least aesthetically pleasing player to watch, perhaps ever. <laughs> Who's gotten like you know top wow. two like ever? But I mean, you know, I I needed someone to beat Joker, and the enemy of your enemy is your friend, and so I was rooting for him even though I dislike watching him immensely. Um, but it was exciting to see somebody break through who's not that big three, starting to see perhaps that next generation. Tsitsipas seems to be rising. FAA seems to be rising. Uh, you know, Shapovalov, I love. Um, he seems to be rising. So, you know, like starting to see like who might be some of the more dominant guys you know, when the era of the era of Federer may already be over, the era of Nadal is surely coming to an end, right? I mean, like yeah. three more years, I doubt it. Two more years, possibly. Like, you know, we'll see. How's, well, how's your how's your career going? Let me tell you something. No e- e- ego aside, I am playing extraordinary tennis. I am like <laughs> at a height personally for me. This is the best. No, I mean, like, this is the best. I am playing at the best that I have ever played, right? So I'm not necessarily comparing myself to anybody else. Like, I am at the height of what I have ever been. Uh, the ground strokes are really, really good. Um, you know, I made some really important changes to my forehand in the last, like, week or two that have been, like, you know, like, really extraordinary, a lot more power on it. Um, I mean, like, you want to get fucking granular. I watched Djokovic in person against uh, uh, Jensen Brooksby, right? Which is like straight my out favorite. of like my cousin. John Hughes villain <laughs> school, right? Like super fucking, super fucking preppy name. Oh my God, right? Um, I watch, I, you know, like a lot of times when you go, you can really like zone out and like watch one person and not watch the back and forth. And um, I was noticing Djokovic is really on his toes the whole point. Yeah. And I was like, I need to be like that. And I started drilling that and like being on my toes, like heels never touch the entire point. Like I am so much quicker than I was before, like the way I was moving before, which makes a gigantic difference. I just yesterday, I played with somebody who I had not beaten at all this year and beat them a very intense, very strong player. And I beat them and I was really like in charge of most of the points. If I lost the point, it was on an unforced error. 
you know, or I was able yeah, to like yeah. push this person around and, and it was like, okay, this being on your toes has made a material difference. Like it's a material leap forward. Does that tax your legs though? Like your calves get tired or is it, is it sustainable? I have found it sustainable partly because of some of the work that I'm doing off the court to strengthen and loosen the calves. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean like you're not like on your tippy. Toes, no, no. Right. Sure, but sure, like sure. you're just, your, your heels are not touching. And like, yeah, it's no, it's been, it's been sustainable for me. I mean, look, tennis is like 10, to 15 tops. I mean, a 15 second point is an eternity, right? It's like mm-hmm. 10 seconds on and then 30 mm-hmm. seconds off. So like that, that has not been a problem as of yet. So like my, like my interval training, it's the same thing. We do 10 on. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a hit training workout. Absolutely. When I interviewed James Blake, uh, he, he was like, why would you ever go for a run? Like interval training, like that's it. Like short, short bursts, stop, do it again, do it again. Like not like a long run is not like I Bro, a long run. No, it's m- mental clarity. I just read Federer's biography, and he they're like, I don't think he's gone for a run in twenty years, and he also doesn't lift weights. We don't do that shit. That's not what. Well, I wouldn't thing. go for I wouldn't go for a run either if I had to wear on running. <laughs> I wouldn't be jogging either, bro. I'd be like, damn, can I get them Nikes back though? I can't do. I can't be seen in these. Even in the Swiss Alps, I can't be seen in these. That's rough. That's rough shit. That's rough shit, man. That's rough shit. Well, I'm glad to hear your game. I'm glad to hear your game is going so well. That's that's a wonderful thing to hear. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm excited. There's a big tournament, the big doubles tournament coming up on Saturday and Sunday. I'm playing men's and mixed. Um, very excited about that. Number one seed in the mixed. What country club? What country club are you a member of? Your attitude is disgusting. <laughs> I am not. I am not now, nor have I ever been a member of a country club. Is it in Connecticut? Do you drive the? Tennis. Do you drive the Audi there, or is it a different? Is it a different? First of all, in, I drive a BMW. Stay focused. Um, stay focused. But I'm also. I also play public park Brooklyn Fort Green tennis. We go fucking hard. There's Bro, no I thought your career was going shit. pretty well. I thought your career was going pretty well. You don't have to do that, man. You've been you've been working for a long time, man. You 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 should treat yourself. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The community of players at Fort Greene Park is extremely high. There's at least oh, I'm sure. Like I look at my list. There's like 15 men and women who played like D1 college tennis or could have played D1 or D3 college tennis, like want to go out like at 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. and like grind and drill and like play a really intense set. Um, So like we go fucking hard. Like there's a lot of really strong players here who are like really fun. I don't like this narrative that you can't go hard at a country club. Like why can't you go hard in a nicer environment? I don't understand. (laughs) I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. You know, it's like, it's like boxing. Like, like, do we go to like a nice pretty gym to get ready for a fight? Or we go to the fucking cronk where there's fucking cobwebs and dust and it's dirty and we fucking get nasty. And there's a loose dog. They take you into the fucking gutter. You are you are better at tennis than me. There's no question, but I do prefer my court my courts not to have like giant fissures running through them. That's the only thing I don't love about a New York public. That's all. That's all. I mean, it, you know, fissures. we 
we we we do have cracks on the courts. They're not <laughs> do, oppressive, <laughs> but they are there. But I mean, like they're there. You know, we you know, it's a small sacrifice to be able to be part of this community. I'm I'm truly proud to be part of this Fort Greene tennis community because there's so many people who are really good and take their tennis really seriously. There's absolutely like there's absolutely a crew of guys who are like better than me and i'm like i will never beat that guy i am fucking grateful that he will practice with me once in a while because his fucking level is way above my head that is nice that is nice that's 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 a that's a bonus that's a benefit but you, but you do have to bring your own towel <laughs> yeah do you, you have your to bring own your, own balls, t- your own towel oh god oh, Look, we gotta, i mean you gotta get out there at like six in the morning to line up to sign up for a court but like that is the level of dedication Fort Greene is not boring. It is a very exciting, dynamic, vibrant community. We have a lot You're of from, Are you people. from Boston? Are you from Boston? I grew, I grew up in Boston. It's not my fault. That's why you like Fort Greene, the similarities. That's why you like Fort Greene. You like the similarities of that. Is it racist in Fort Greene? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It's a very mixed uh, It's a very mixed community racially. There's a lot of artists uh-huh. who live here, some famous, some not famous. Um, Bro, I don't want to talk about calls on this podcast. I don't want to talk about calls on this podcast. Wow, the hating is just like (laughs) coming through (laughs) the Zoom. Why the hating on cause? This is like, I wasn't even going to talk about cause, but this is like hip hop art. Like, I I love this. You don't want that in your house, though. You don't want that in your house, though. Fuck yeah, I want that in my house. Are you kidding? I would absolutely put, if, if I had the money and I saw the right fees, I would absolutely put a cause in my house. But I mean, like Fort Greene is the kind of neighborhood where you might run into Erica Badu or most deaf on the street or Paul Giamatti or Olivia Munn and Jason Sudeikis on the street. Ooh, you know, wow. you might run into Tori's connected, bro. You hear Tori flexing, Tori flexing his Rolodex like it's nothing. I like that. Ooh. Now no, we're no, talking. No. I would, I did not say, I didn't say that I know. I mean, like I happen to know, Erica and most through my professional connection of like covering hip hop for 25 years. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know Jason and Olivia and Paul. I like see them and I'm like, Oh my God, there's Paul Giamatti. I'm just saying there's a wide array. Mm -hmm. Of course. No, of course. Of of creative people. Some of them famous, some of many of them not who live in this community, actors, filmmakers, musicians, Santi gold, beautiful brownstones, beautiful brownstones. Like writers, mm-hmm. you know. That sounds cool. I'll check it out. This is one of the great check neighborhoods it. in New York, if not America. Like, I ride for Fort Greene. Don't fucking come for me. I'm Fort Greene. After doing it, after doing, after doing <laughs> an hour of podcasting with Torre, I've learned a lot about the comedy community and Fort Greene. Two things that I, you know, prefer to avoid, but I do feel like there's been some educa- education today, and I do, I appreciate that from you. Where do you live? Uh, well, I live in the East Village and in Los Angeles in Beachwood Canyon. Wait, you live in the East Village and you're talking shit about Fort Greene? That's 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 absolutely right. <laughs> that is exactly right. What? I'm confused. I'm confused. If I want to live in the, if I want to live in the suburbs, if you I want to live in the suburbs, superior from the East Village. Like what the fuck? Like what are you talking about? We shit on the East Village. Tori, I'm sorry. There's man. there's lots Your of there's black. lots of artists and musicians, and you know I could run into you know I could run into a rapper on my street too, bro. But they just might be good. That's the difference. Just, you, know, you never know. From the 
East Village. <laughs> they're passing through, man. They're on their way to Brooklyn or on their way to Midtown. They don't live there. I saw I saw a little Uzi in Nolita two weeks ago. All right, it's he was different. Eating and he's probably like zooming through on his way to Supreme or some shit. Like he was zooming. He was zooming. All right, look, I, I've. I've had enough was, of the abuse. Thank you, Torre. We will. Uh, t- where can people find your podcast? God, uh, yeah, if you want to listen to a quality podcast as opposed to a train wreck like this, like this is fit. Um, Torre show. Um, come on, twice. I'll wreck you. Wednesdays and Fridays. I'm gonna one star your little podcast. Uh, it's not little, sir. It's actually quite large, sir. Uh, so show some respect to your elders. Uh, it's, uh, we, uh, we, we, you know, you know, in your your casual. Racism, I've been podcasting since you're in diapers. Your casual. I'm older than you, boy. I, your casual racism coming through because this is perhaps the premier podcast, um, except for several others that really focuses on successful, intelligent black people. We just did one with Stephanie Mills, legendary singer. Um, you know, we've had Maxine Waters, mm-hmm. Zadie Smith, um, Ice Cube, Kendrick Lamar. Like, you know, we've had we've had an extraordinary run of like really cool Jim Jones, smart black people. On. We had Jim Jones. We had Jim Jones. Jimmy thought Jimmy did it from the back of a fucking car. Okay, <laughs> he's driving around the Bronx <laughs> as we're talking, and he like talked that. a lot about. Um, cryptocurrency and how he's how he has started his own cryptocurrency, oh, which is really a really really interesting. I also do a pod, a data podcast, an eight episode docu series on Prince called "Who Was Prince?" Um, and I just dropped a book mm-hmm. about Prince, an oral history called "Nothing Compares to You," which looks at his entire life from his early days to his end. Um, Great, and um, so that's about Great. the crux. All right. Well, look, we're we're doing you a favor because we're going to introduce you to like a nice young audience. You know what I mean? So that's think of that. Think of the benefits of <laughs> of the the young audience that wants to listen to you talk to dusty rappers. They're going to come to you and they're going to be they're going to be. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Ice Cube and Kendrick are dusty. Wow. So. Who do you listen? Who do you? What MCs do you listen to? MCs? What MCs? I don't. I mean, I I would prefer Kendrick Lamar is just deeply uncool. I don't think he's not talented. I just think he's very uncool. I think he's very talented actually, but he has a coolness problem. You you have sinned against hip hop. I will deign to continue talking to you, but generally <laughs> that comment alone would get you canceled and laughed out of the room. We are no longer taking Chris seriously. What the question was? What rappers do you like? Oh, I like? I mean, I guess Drake. That's about it, really. I mean, there ain't really shit happening, bro. Wow. Let me get this straight, sir. <laughs> Let me get this straight. For the record, you think Drake is cool? No, I don't think Drake is. I don't think Drake is cool, but Drake has better songs. That's the I'm difference. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure I can agree with that. I do think, in general, hip hop tends to be producer made a beat and the beat is you know like has a specific structure like on off on off on off yeah yeah so like so verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus and the rapper finds his place in it becomes a drum like gets in it like does the verse then the chorus does the verse in the chorus and then we're done like rock and roll especially like really intelligent rock and roll will like play with that structure and like we did a breakdown in the middle of the song. The rhythm totally changed. The melody totally changed. 
not not always successfully though not always successfully i mean but i appreciate the effort and the thought into we have completely changed this song and like the dynamics and the tone and the you know and and hip-hop structurally tends to be like like what the song starts out to be in the first 30 seconds is what it's probably now kendrick is one who who fucks with that structure de la soul will fuck with that structure Kanye, well, you know, uh, Tribe Paul Quest, uh, Pete Rock and CL Smooth will like fuck with that structure. So there's definitely people who have done that, but for the most part, we don't do that as much as uh, smarter guitar rock and music, roll guitar music, or yeah, punk yeah. will 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 do that. Um, which is probably probably because the band is self-contained, so they're like, you know, we can we can make the sort of pivots and changes. Because we are a crew rather than I'm a rapper. I hired a producer to make this song Mm -hmm. and I may or may not ever see him. We may or may not ever be in the same room. Um, But I mean, you know, I think the music of Kanye putting aside his politics structurally, he is challenging the structure of what we are used to in music or what the sounds that we're not successfully that's my whole thing there's no songs it's like i don't care about structure if there's no song if i if i listen to something and immediately forget it i don't forget it's forgettable it's all forgettable how many i've listened to donda once never thought about it again it's interesting because my wife likes donda a lot which which inherently asks me to give another chance give another chance because because sometimes the first listen through you don't get that album you need to give it some more chances my first listen through, I was definitely like, I don't ever need to listen to this again. Um, I think there's been times, I, I think Kanye historically has made a lot of unforgettable music from the, the music to, to the rhyme. I totally you're agree. Saying, agree. Like, Donda and the two prior to that were weaker. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, we go back to, uh, uh, life is Pablo and my dark, beautiful, twisted fa- fantasy, and some of the music before that one, like extraordinary, some extraordinary stuff. I, I, no, I agree with that. Of course, I mean he's, I mean he's given us a lot, but he needs to stop giving because it's not doing much for me anymore. <laughs> um, Torre, thank you for joining you us know, on, on how long gone today. If you've listened this far, you might need to reassess some of your life choices or just how you approach time. Because this was probably a complete waste of your time. <laughs> and I'm glad that you spent an hour plus with me and Chris. And what's your name, sir? Jason. Hey, Jason, the <laughs> other guy. Jason. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I wonder why you did it. And if you want to tweet at me at Torre on Twitter and tell me why you bothered to spend an hour with me and Chris and Jim, that would be really interesting you just call me jim oh, jason <laughs> excuse me jason i forgot you've been such a present part of this you've been such an unforgettable part of this conversation i haven't had a moment to speak yeah yeah when you're when you're running him off the road it's tough for him to get a word in but look for the hundreds of thousands of people that will be listening to this i'm sure they will gleam some sort of insights and that's really the only reason we podcast you know that's the only reason we podcast is that what you get a hundred thousand per episode not per episode don't worry about it <laughs> no i'm worried what do you get per episode because you just dropped the number and now you're running from it what's your number? what's your number 
I'm not running from it. No, it's hundreds of thousands a month. I don't know per episode. I really you don't. You get hundreds of thousands a month? Yes. 200,000 a month? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, 253? Maybe like 350 or so. White people are listening to every month. <laughs> Actually, we have a very di- we have a very diverse audience. It's 95% white. So let, the, the, leave us the 5%, please, audience, for diversity. Thank you white. for... Thank you. Really? You should listen to some other episodes. They're, they go better than this one. And you might you might get it. You might be like, yeah, oh, they're what? better These than this. Low funny. quality for your show, right? This is like a lower level. Like the hateful eight is like low level Tarantino. Is this like low level <laughs> for your like? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's no once upon a time. Yeah, exactly, but, exactly. Oh my god, I hated that movie. Huge Tarantino fan. I hated that movie. Oh my god. Ugh. Oh come on, bro. Three hundred fifty thousand divided by twelve. Oh my god, three hundred fifty thousand a month. Divided by 12 shows. That's about 30,000 people listening to this. Wait, do you have ads? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a real podcast. I don't know who led you to this water. But let me, I mean, get, I, let me tell I, you know, something. This is when not... my wife says, hey, can you do this? And I just do it. I don't like question, like, why am I doing this? Like, if three people were listening to this... That's Bay right there. That's why you still. That's why you are still married and you're able to go see your little comedy ding, shows ding, when ding, you ding, feel ding, like ding. That's smart. Wait, that's good business. So why are you that's, that's not, good business. If you have that level of support, why are you not fucking with Patreon? We can't get... We don't have time to get into this. We don't have time to get into this. <laughs> All right, Torre. It's been real, Chief. Uh, guys, check out his podcast if you like Dusty Rappers and if you like fun... Listen to How Long Gone, baby. We're here for you all the time. Three times a week, dog. Thank you, Tori. We'll see you Thanks, soon, bro. Have guys. a good one. This has been fun, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Later.